Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to love today's episode with Cindy Dale. She is like the OG Chakra Queen. I just love her. We've had her on the show before. And today she's introducing us to the concept of white light neurology and how we can use that to be our own healers. And we're going to be talking about Kundalini awakening and the elements of Kundalini that many of us are forgetting. Plus we're talking about calming the nervous system when the mindset work just isn't cutting it. I love all of Cindy's books. I have honestly just loved getting to know her and she has a new book coming out that I can't wait to read called energy healing for the everyday to elite athlete. And she's really teaching people how to heal their physical bodies using energy work because it really just brings our power back to us. And we're not, you know, relying on these outside things and we can remember our own power. It is just the most potent healing that we can do for ourselves. I've loved Cindy's other books. I am obsessed with her book, Advanced Chakra Healing. She has another book on chakra foods and you're going to just love her. So check out her books on Amazon and you can actually pre-order her new book. So I highly suggest that. And if you're wondering why, you know, my brain is a little off and my voice is a little raspy today, I actually just came back from traveling for Prism, which is my other business, a spiritual lifestyle business slash jewelry business. More on that coming soon, but we're doing something so exciting. We have such a big announcement to make, and I can't tell you guys yet, but I want you guys to follow, make sure you're following along on Instagram because this week we're going to be dropping some hints, some subtle riddles, but I'm just going to say like Prism is going to be huge because of the new partner and direction that we are going. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at prismofficial.co and follow me too at Co. So we'll link you guys to all of that goodness in our show notes, of course, and we'll link you to all the books, which you're going to love. So let's dive into this episode. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I am your host and spiritual BFF, Amberly Lyons, and we are on a mission to make the world more consciously connected and quantumly she can activate it one activated chakra at a time. We are here today with Cindy Dale. She is a chakra expert, author, teacher, speaker, and a master energy healer. She is the president of Life Systems Life Systems Services Corp, which I want to learn more about as well. And she teaches near and far about energy and using energy to create a splash in your life. We've had Cindy on the show before. She gave us so much knowledge on advanced chakra healing, the outer chakras, multidimensionality. And today we're going to dive into more quantum healing goodness. Cindy has a new book coming out on energy healing for the everyday to elite athlete. And we all want a better connection to healing our physical bodies, emotional bodies, energetic bodies. And Cindy is our go-to chakra OG. Welcome back, Cindy. (laughs) Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And we got to chat 
just really briefly before we went on and it's like sports. Yeah. You know, when sports starts to open up, like it has recently Mm -hmm. to mindfulness and Hey, you know what? I'm a human being. I got to take some time off, et cetera. It means that uh, it's time for chakras in every area of our Mm -hmm. life. So true. And I feel like just having a deeper connection to our bodies is so important, whether you are running a marathon or someone who just likes to do Pilates during the week to connect your body. Like it's so important. And I think often we look at the way we treat our, it's almost like we look at like exercising or working out like as a chore sometimes, but I also want people to know that the way we connect to our bodies is a spiritual practice as well. Well, I think the body is key because even when we talk about intuition, chakras, meridians, energy fields, and everything, sort of all ancient knowledge and wisdom, you know what? The vehicle for all of that, including our feelings and our thoughts is the body. You can't be intuitive if you're tuned out of your body. Uh, You might be able to fly to Mars when you're dreaming, but that's not going to do you any good in your life. And you can't serve others the way you feel called to, unless you're really truly in your body, your soul is in here, not out there. Exactly. And last time we were here, we spoke about your spiritual awakening and your journey to finding this work. I want to ask you today about your journey to deciding that you were going to write this book. And I know your sons play baseball. Am I right on that? I have two sons and I had a boy live with me for a while. And, you know, you can't avoid sports. (laughs) I am not sporty. I don't like ball. I was terrified of softball, church softball. I absolutely hated it. I knew I was going to get hit and hurt. uh, (laughs) And I did. Um, I hike, I walk, I canoe. You know what I mean? I do sort of the lazy person sports, but honestly, my boys were in every single sport, Yeah, uh, you know, lacrosse, rugby, football. And my son gave when he was about 16, his dad was sort of checked out. And the only thing his son had, had ever really run for Gabe was baseball. Mm-hmm. I signed him up for hockey, football. I taught him his ABCs, but his dad did the baseball and he was checked out. I had a dream. I saw Gabe playing major league baseball as a pitcher. And my first thought was, no, he's not good enough. I'm not going to bring this up. (laughs) (laughs) So a week later, he came to me and he said, mom, I really want to be a major league pitcher. And then it all started from there. So I already did energy medicine, energy healing. And first I didn't participate in his sportiness until I hired him a couple coaches. I'm in Minneapolis. We're down in Charlotte. North Carolina in this freezing cold baseball facility. Because one thing I've learned about sports is it's usually either super cold. If you're attending, you're a mom in the bleacher or it's super, super hot. There's no in between. I'm really trying not to participate. And all of a sudden I could feel that Gabe's left arm, he's a right arm pitcher, hurt. And I said, Gabe, what, what is wrong with your left arm? He goes, what do you mean? Nothing. I go, no, something's wrong with your left arm. So Not only am I a nosy mother, I'm an energy medicine mother. Mm -hmm. And the coaches were like, Gabe, what are are you not fessing up to? And he said, well, I can't move my left arm at all. I'll tell you, I had it moving fully within five minutes. Mm -hmm. I'd raise it a little bit and go, oh, this is your issue with me about blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's your issue with your dad. Oh, here's a past life. Here's a shock for this. Here's a that. And it was like, 
he stared at me as did the coaches afterwards. And they were like, what is this? Is this magic? And it's like, no, it's energy, which maybe we are made out of magic because it's energy. And I just started to do more energy healing for him, for other young athletes, for other athletes that found their way. And I don't mean just, you know, kind of college athletes or pro, you know, just the everyday person who was, I've always been a cross country skier and now I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm down, I'm depressed. What am I going to do? What can I transition into? Why do you think I'm stuck? How do I get back after my injury. I want to run a triathlon. That's not Cindy Dale talking to anybody saying that. So, you know, it's body. It's not any different than anything else. I soon learned energy healing is the same. If somebody's using it for healing autoimmune disorders or an addiction or a habit that's not healthy or a monetary issue as if it's to so-called assist them with a sport because it's really, you know what? It's just expression. Mm -hmm. It's all about expression and what's in the way and how do you open it up? So you can have the expression you're looking for. Yes. So in its simplest form, when you are looking at your son's arm or whoever's body part, and you're connecting to what the pain is or what the disconnection is, what does that look like in its simplest form? Like what exactly are you doing and how are you releasing that pain or that injury? So energy is everything. Energy is just information that moves. And so say we're lacking in money. We have a program, we have data inside of us or controlling us could be from our family, could be who we're, you know, kind of in association with. It could be at the job, could be our soul that's saying, oh, no, 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 you don't get money, right? Everybody else does, but you don't. And, or there's a vibration or a, a movement of energy that's sort of holding us back. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm working with a typical client, we're looking at relationship, health, you know, money, career, calling, whatever it is, I'm looking for the more subtle energy, sometimes physical, which is sort of measurable. What are you eating? What are you not eating? But typically it's like, what's the invisible stuff? What are those invisible causal programs that's keeping you from living, being what it is, you know, is really right for you. Mm -hmm. You change that, boom, boom, boom. You know, it's like dominoes. It just opens up. Everything starts to open up and maybe you, maybe even what you don't think is going to change changes. You know, we're so complicated. We're complex. We're beautiful. We're intertwined. And honestly, working with sports, whatever you want to call movement, doesn't have to be sports. It can be movement. It can be, I'm an elderly person. I can't get up in the morning anymore. I can't make it to the bathroom. You know, whatever it is that's about the body's functionality, what's blocked? Mm -hmm. What's the program? How do you change it? Support the physical self, the emotions and shifting. And you know what? So many things are possible. Mm -hmm. you know, people can start moving again who haven't been able to move. People can, you know, kind of, you know, kind of have a life expression mm -hmm. on that sense of, you know, engaging with nature or, you know, engaging with a bat and a ball, whatever it is that's our thing. We're looking for what's in the way and we're activating what's supposed to be moving. Okay. Is this what white light neurology is or is that something totally different? Oh, I'm so glad you're asking about this. I just love this is my phrase 
which people go, what? (laughs) I've done a ton of research, both scientifically and into different cultures about what happens when somebody is so-called enlightened. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, you know, I don't know. It's sort of a stuffy term. I think you should modernize it. Come up with something better. Like, right. What happens when you're an adept? What happens when you're you know, super cool or whatever the <laughs> phrase is. I'm not super cool. So I'm stuck with the like word ascended, like is ascended kind of a vibe. Okay. It's, like this, it's ascended and transcending in the body. Right. So when you're doing your dishes, you're going, oh, look at that little, you know, bird that just hit the window. Let me see if I can restore it to flight. And boy, it happens. Or you're driving and you're lost, which happens to me a lot. You know, and you go, you know what, this GPS person, this little woman in my, you know, in my phone, she's just wrong. So how do I know where to steer? I need some spiritual guidance. So it's enlightenment. And there's a ton of really interesting research that there are certain brain waves and there are certain neurotransmitters, hormones, and a really fascinating type of metal called transition metal in the body that starts shifting when somebody is allowing themselves to embody their true essence or their Mm -hmm. spirit, the -hmm. body changes, the melanin in the body changes, the neuromelanin or this sort of pigment in the nervous system changes. We start to open and activate to get dreams and guidance. You know, for instance, I know it's really in these days, Uh, me, no, Um, microdosing, plant medicine, Mm. right? Well, it's activating the white light neurology. That's what cultures across the world, but Greenland, because they have no plants, are using, you know, sacred medicines for psychedelics. It's not just to have a trip. It's not about escaping. It's about letting the body activate certain enzymes, hormones, metals. So they spin and they work in a way that we literally live like transcendent beings in the body. You heal quicker, you heal faster, you know, you don't trigger, stuff rolls off and different gifts open up. I I think it's only then we maybe get to see uh, what the Hindus call the CDs, S-I-D-D-H-I-S. Some of our more super potent powers are. Mm. And so that's what I'm really into researching. Yeah. Is, you know, what are those mechanisms? Can you do it without having to go to Peru and do ayahuasca, which I did do 20 years ago, <laughs> many times. All right. Before it was a trend. Again, you were the trendsetter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little early. Yeah, back then it was not cool. My family wouldn't talk to me. They were like, are you a druggie now? It's like, <laughs> this is really not addictive. Believe me, it tastes horrible and it makes you throw up and do other things. It is yeah. not addictive. I'm not, yeah, I'm not drawn to wanting to do that. In any no, way. no, 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 no. So what are other mechanisms? What can we do energetically? How do we use you know, meditation, positive thinking, different movements, ways of holding our mind? How do we open our intuition? There, you know, even, you know, for me, you know, my new medicine that brings me into an altered state, it's not new. It's been used for thousands of years this way is certain types of chocolate. I know that's embarrassing. Ooh, I I like that. Ascension by chocolate. (laughs) I think that's the new thing. M&Ms don't work. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> but honestly, if I take chocolate now, I'm like, Ooh, this is a really lovely world. Can, can you see that being over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I need some of this chocolate. What are you putting in this chocolate? <laughs> oh, you know, for me, it's Toblerone. I know that's not okay. even the highest class. Dark. <laughs> Toblerone, but it does it for me. I think you got to find your own you okay. know, kind of type of tea here. Okay. So what I'm kind of hearing, and this is one thing that I've always kind of intuitively thought too, it's like, we're always trying to heal the symptom, but the cause for the symptom is just overall density. And if we can move our humanness out of the way, and access that white light, like je ne sais quoi, that makes us magical, then we don't need to look at every symptom and be like, how do you fix this? How do I fix this? What should I take for this? What food should I eat to fix this hormone? It's like, if we can just move into that space, the body, the chakras, the systems already know what to do. And they do know what to do. I'm calling it enlightenment science. Yeah. I'm looking for these scientists. Yes. <laughs> right. But it's starting to dribble in. It is. You just, you just open what's already there. Neurologically, even a classical scientist will tell you, you have two basic neurological ways of functioning that operate simultaneously. Most of us are stuck in the modern one that's five or 6,000 years old. It's digital. Now you, you already feel it. It's like, let's tell the time it's linear. Things have to happen in a sequence. You've got to look at all your symptoms, figure out each cause, undo this cause, and then you get to the next one. And then you're exhausted and you're 85 years old and you're going to die. And you never really had any fun. I yeah. mean, that's sort of the way that much of this takes us. Yeah. But the ancients... The ones who saw the chakras and the meridians and energy and talked to God in the garden and had dreams. And I'm not aiming to live for 800 years, but a few of them seem to do that. I yeah. think that'd be really old. I'd rather, you know, leave and come back, you know, in a yeah, you know, new body. Form. Exactly. Yeah. But they worked with what's called the analog neurological system. And that's where our chakras come from and these different kind of subtle anatomies and intuition and prophecy and dream. When we're in analog, our endocrine glands naturally produce those sort of metaconsciousness hormones. Mm. They naturally invite us to have out-of-body type experiences, but while we're still really focused in here and now, they're the shamanic. It's what shamans are in is that analog. I mean, you know, it. I I grew up Christian and Lutheran, and I remember reading the story of Noah. All right, and you know, there's going to be a flood. Frankly, the Hindu systems, the Vedic scriptures talked about a flood too. So mm. it wasn't just Noah who was told that there was a flood, and it wasn't only you know kind of in certain groups of people that there was this massive flood. I don't believe God sent it. I do believe, though, that Noah operated from that analog place mm -hmm. where whatever he conversed with was telling him there's going to be a flood. So build a boat. And he goes, OK, I'm going to build a boat. And we all have those extraordinary interactions and connections. Mm -hmm. Nature and spirit and body and self and soul are one and the same. So it's already in there. We're just we're just kind of saying Let's get the digital out of the way 
okay, I'll be, I'll show up on time for work. I'll do that. Right. I'll <laughs> make sure when I go out, I'm wearing like the right outfit. That's the fun part of digital, yeah. but the rest is really the analog. And that is our white light neurology. Okay. So I'm like, what happened to us? <laughs> like, you know, cause it's like, yeah. yeah, like in the ancient times they had these connections. Is it just like the mental programming that's happened? Is it like, I mean, I'm sure it's like a combination of that environmental toxins, like so many things. I don't even know if it matters that much, but I guess knowing what happens can kind of allow us to understand how to undo it. I think there's two ways I'm going to approach it. First, I'm going to quote Rianne Eisler, she's a Harvard or was a Harvard professor. She wrote a book, The Chalice and the Blade, and she's analyzed, you know, kind of the, frankly, the patriarchy yeah. from a social and uh, political economic perspective. Yeah. Studies thousands of years ago, the cultures that were more matrilineal and patrilineal, she called them partnership models, mm -hmm. uh, began to be invaded. They had the goddess as well as the god. There was a reverence for the analog and for intuition and for circular time. And there was there was a series of invasions, you know, of, of, of mainly white men, frankly, in Europe, who began invading and taking over and traveling, and they brought their sun god. And so we just shifted. And instead of a partnership model where there is analog, we, we really kind of underwent a dominator model and we're just stuck in dominator where mm -hmm. we're all about feeding the hierarchy, like who's in charge. And they have so much power. Look at how much power Putin has. He's one person. That's not a partnership model. Right. I think he's really psychic. Let me just yeah. tell you, I did have some vision for a client a year ago before he did throw out an atomic bomb and invaded. She was a financial investor. She, ran, she runs a venture capital firm and she wanted to know what I saw for the world. And I saw this Putin stuff mm -hmm. and this sense that he believes he's talking to the great you know, Russian leaders across time and needs to restore mother Russia. And isn't that what I think he's probably thinking he's doing? So you know, he can, he's in analog, but it's under this dominator model. Right. And that's what's not working. There's another really interesting story. It's in a book. I don't know how old the book is. I've had it for seeming forever. I know the book is called Amazon Beaming. It never sold. Nobody ever really read it. Petru <sighs> Popescu. I may be saying it wrong. Okay. And in the book, there is a National Geographic Explorer. And he goes down into Brazil because he wants to find the mouth of the Amazon. So it's a true story. And he is captured by this tribe of Brazilians, tribal, you know, a tribe. And the shaman adopts him and sort of keeps him close. And they're traveling actually, you know, kind of along the Amazon. And eventually the National Geographic Explorer finds out that the reason they're traveling to the mouth of the Amazon and bringing him with, their purpose is because they entered the world in the wrong way. They entered in linear time. They want to go back to the origin and enter in limitless time. Mm. So they're all at the mouth of the Amazon and suddenly there's a flash flood. 
the geographic explorer, you know, is knocked out, you know, goes down river, not, you know, kind of lands on the, you know, the, the banks, you know, knocked out, wakes up. And it's like, there's no bodies, nobody's around. Like there would be bodies if everybody underwent what he did. Yeah. And he hears this voice that says, we made it. Mm. So we came in. I mean, some group of us, I don't know why we did this. Yeah. Thought, let's go do digital. Let's go do this the hard way. Let's do karma. You know, let's yeah. do structure and power instead of love and grace. Yes. And I mean, you're trying to start the world a different way. Mm -hmm. You're saying, let's start this a different way. I think a lot of people are trying to do that right now. Well, and that's like, I do feel like that's what's happening. Like people want to understand, okay, what is this like new earth ascension that everyone's talking about? What is this transition that's going on? What is all this darkness that's happening? And it literally might be something that's that wild where all of a sudden we're like, okay, now we're in a totally different dimension okay we're back and we'll be like whoo like that was a doozy <laughs> well wouldn't that be great if we all did it at once too? I know <laughs> <laughs> I know and I like that's something that I often wonder about and I've always you know I've envisioned these floods and everything as well and I think a lot of people have and just like piecing it all together is so interesting the millennial generation, especially on down, is really working toward that end. Yeah. A few years ago, I had a client, a woman, bring her son in to see me, and he would not talk. He was 12, nerdy, you know, the big black glasses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like very yeah. obviously a, a cool robotic science nerd, and he wouldn't yeah. talk. And And he just said, well, just whatever, just you talk to me. And his mother just sat there. So I got a vision of this blue girl with red hair and, you know, twisty, twirly hair. And she was like about his age. And I saw that when he would do things, she'd be there. The last time he went to the movies, he kept an empty seat so she could sit next to him. And she was obviously not so-called a, a digital world. And I said, well, who's the blue girl with the red hair? I mean, she seems to hang out with you a lot. He looked at his mother and he was like, you told, she said, I did not say a word. And he goes, you know, he really wouldn't talk that much about it. And then he asked, so why don't I know her and the others like her? Mm. And the image I got was him with her, with other living people too, and not so obvious types of beings in a big circle, holding hands and this white flame in the center. And they're just, to me, I call that the teachings of the light. And that's what the mystics called it. Even in the Jewish tradition, thousands of years ago, the Hopis had a name like that. They're just trying to resurrect that. Mm. And he said to me, so what do I call myself? And I said, oh, just call yourself an X-man. That's good enough. <laughs> Isn't this what we're, we're trying to do? And some people are, are like me, a different older generation than millennial, yeah. you know, and younger, but I'm, I'm really enheartened by the interest and mm-hmm. how many people are trying to open the consciousness door, mm-hmm. maybe even political doors or economic doors. And, um, 
you know, let's just see, you know, what can come through those doors. Yes. And like bringing that back to white light neurology, because I feel like at the end of the day, that's like, if we want to activate these gifts, that's where we need to go. Right. And I feel like one thing that I know gets in my way of being in this place is just like my nervous system and just like waking up and thinking of all the things I have to do. And even though I'm doing all the right things and all the right practices and meditating and exercising, and this goes back to like the physical body too, and talking about the physical body and athletes and everything. It's like, how can we, if I'm doing all the mental stuff, uh, I'm doing a lot of energy stuff and I am taking care of my body, like well, how, that nervous system, <laughs> like the day-to-day life, like what are the things we can do to kind of like move that stuff out of the way and get into this white light healing zone? So I have a really simple way. I try to hold myself during the day and, or be when I'm working with a client and, or when I'm just trying to you know, get guidance for myself or I'm interacting with my friends or my dogs. Um, The clues are there in the ancient spiritual medicines. Mm -hmm. They all point to, and even the modern observations of many of them, they all point to that there actually is some form of a white light. These days, some scientists call it an absolute light. Like that's one of the names of a certain type of light probably pre-existed the big bang it's in the universe it's in the body it's a light that casts no darkness Mm. i just love saying that Mm. (laughs) and it's in the very center of the spine that's what i mean when i say the analog system i believe that that very absolute light is in the center of each chakra heck is probably in the center of each acupoint or cell or in the middle of every thought, no matter how cranky the thought is in the middle is that droplet of the absolute light or the oneness. I like calling it the absolute light because I love that. It's perfectly pure term. Yeah. So I, you know, pick your chakra, pick your place in your body. I don't care what it is. But I try to kind of ride around like that little Joey and the kangaroo mom mm-hmm. in the very middle of my heart chakra, in the middle of the spine, uh, you know, in that absolute light and it grows. Mm-hmm. I tend to come from it. I heal really quickly. Uh, I was I was on vacation about three weeks ago at Disney. I love Disney with a girlfriend. So <laughs> so- it literally is one of the happiest places on earth. It really is. It really is. It really is. And I, uh, we, we did like little ceremonies three nights in a row. I ate my chocolate and and then, (laughs) well, then I was like really expanding in that. It's just this absolute light. And Mm -hmm. she caught it. Like she literally was, Oh my God, I'm changing. My body's changing. My body is shaking. So you know, the ancients always talk about that stuff. It's really simple. It's love. There's an absolute light, but the structure of our energetics and physicality says that it's in the middle of everything. So I just focus on it. I don't, I don't really meditate. Maybe I should, but I don't, (laughs) I don't, you know, I have a good diet. I don't have a perfect diet. Yeah. I sort of go, Allison, you haven't eaten a green in a day or two. Why don't you get out the greens? I live a pretty normal life. And and as long as I open up 
you know, kind of from that place, good stuff happens mm-hmm. and my body stays healthy. Yeah. Um, oh no, I had COVID. I mean, you know what I mean? You're, we're human also. I had yeah. Omicron, uh, you know, uh, many, many months ago, mainly because I was overworking. I was traveling for baseball for my son. It was super cold. I didn't sleep for a long time whatever, whatever. I sort of earned it to be honest. Yeah, I, know. I, like, I really shamed myself when I got COVID. I was like, and you say you're spiritual. I, I know that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. It's one of those things in the spiritual wellness community, people are like embarrassed about. I'm like, what the heck? I got COVID. Yeah. Right? And then I took antibiotics after. Oh, yeah. right. And then I was fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have bodies, things happen. We're not going to do things perfect. Um, but even through it, I sort of knew what to do because I just kept expanding that absolute light. Mm. And, and I, you know, and I just, you know, when I had a cough and it wouldn't disappear, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do a pack. Let me go to the doctor and get a pack. as you know, and then I was good. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we don't avoid reality. We just meet it in a better way when we're coming from that absolute light. Okay. So let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no, it's not that hippy dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz and every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant and I get so many compliments on it. It's called the Sunray necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows. And we have an entire fifth dimension 5D consciousness collection if you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of the Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes. A discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. And I feel like there's so much information coming at us all the time that we're like, part of us is waiting for one of those pieces of information to be the slight switch where it's like, oh, well, that's the cure all for everything. Like that's the one ritual, the one meditation, the one, whatever that's going to heal me. But like, and literally the, the answer to everything is live from your heart. And it's, and it's like something like even the days that I, and I I've been practicing this more, like the days that I wake up and literally put my hands on my heart and just like breathe in and out of my heart. I'm like in just a completely different dimension. Yeah. And if we have a sense of some sort of absolute energy of love, we're radiating. Yeah. yeah. I have another fun story. 
And it is about a man named John Newton, a medical doctor around the 1850s. Nobody knows who he is. You can Google him and get books, little like literally books written in like 1860 about him, like downloaded. They're so interesting. He was a regular medical doctor in those mid 1800s. And he was on a boat when it, when I think it was yellow fever or typhoid, one of those horrible, you know, diseases broke out and he was not the practicing medical doctor. So he could not help people, not that they really had treatment. So, but most of course went to the ship doctor, they got sick and many of them died. The people who came to him because he couldn't technically practice, he just had this sense. He was a very unusual Christian. He believed God loved everybody. (laughs) He -hmm. believed there's deceased and angels helping everybody. Mm -hmm. He would just look at people with love and not one of the people he worked with. If they were sick, they got better. If they weren't sick, they didn't get sick. Mm -hmm. And he began his practice just doing that. He traveled around the world. He, He was in Cleveland, Ohio at a clinic for a while and healed a thousand people. Uh, he was in Wales one time and one of the patients saw this thin white light coming from him, him, Dr. Newton, into one of the patients. He never worked with people more than five or 10 minutes and they just got better or healed. And he was just this patient observational witness, just saw this white light going in and just light up inside of the patient. Mm-hmm. People got better. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. Does it matter if you believe in it? I don't know. I I don't know. I know there's studies that say if your doctor believes in something, it's more apt to work. Mm -hmm. I know the nocebo effect is powerful. If you think something's hooey or not going to work, it probably won't. The placebo effect is the opposite. But I don't really know if we can say that we have to believe in this absolute light for it to work. A part of us already does. So let's just assume it yeah. instead of worry about the thinking part. Yeah. And that's a question I always wondered too. And I think when I got trained for Reiki, I just did up to level two. She kind of said like, if the, the person has to be receiving it and like fully believing it in order for it to work. And I was like, oh, well, that's no fun. Really? I don't really <laughs> You know what? I don't really think because so. animals, you went into animals. It works on animals and they're just eating or doing whatever. Yeah. I have another really good story about that. So, you know, I love working with that absolute light. I have different names for it. Sometimes I call it streams of grace or love in motion. It's actually made out of a sciencey thing called scalar waves and blah, blah, blah. But none of that really matters. So I'm teaching a class, like a really a nine month program. And there's a man in there who does know he's a CEO. He knows he has an intuitive gift. He can sense what Alzheimer's patients need. Mm. So he's already sort of tuned in and he wanted to learn more about how all this works. So he's taking my classes and he didn't really believe in any of this stuff. He was like, I don't know, this invisible energy, this healing streams, this spirit. I don't know. This seems ridiculous. Uh, he, he really didn't think much of it. Okay. And then a neighbor of his was talking to him and said she had a dog named Teak. I just remember the dog's name, a golden, not a golden, uh, you know, a German shepherd named Teak, T-E-A-K, that was very vicious, a rescue dog. And she was going to have to put him down 
because he kept biting people. Mm. I know trauma, physical trauma, emotional trauma. He wasn't well. And my student said, will you just give me a week? I'm taking this class. I just want to see if this stuff works. So three times a day, my student would focus on just sending, you know, these, you know, kind of streams just generically into the dog, uh, two times generically, actually. And one time he would send these streams very specifically through a chakra and energy center. I teach about this over the head that holds the codes of what is supposed to be here, what we're supposed to be like, mm -hmm. disposition, uh, cellular, you know, kind of calling. And he would just envision these codes coming down with this absolute light into the dock. After three days or so, four days, the uh, neighbor went over to my uh, student and she said, what are you doing to my dog at night? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm just more specifically requesting that what's supposed to be there for your dog is brought into your dog. And he's doing that from distance, like not even from a distance. Dog. He doesn't look at the dog. He's not touching the dog. He doesn't even believe in this stuff. Yeah. Right? And she goes, well, every night about the time you say you're doing this, my dog is falling over, like really falling over outside, inside food bowl, falling over. The end of the week, that dog was healed. The dog was happier, stopped biting people, tame, physical condition was better. I don't know if it was perfect. That's not in the promise all the time. And it was like, my student was like, does this like, there really is this, this really is available. So I like the story because it's a great story. Yeah. And because it fits with us talking about, like, do you really have to believe? I mean, that gets so exhausting. I, believe, I know. I believe, I believe. I don't know. I know. Well, and even like for myself who does believe there, the ego is sometimes convincing me, like even when I'm doing my own quantum manifestation stuff or whatever, there's a part of me that's like, if I don't get it right away, I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I know I do the same thing. And then I get mad at myself and I'm like, well, you can't think that. Oh no, it's not going to happen. Uh -huh. And it's I like, know. oh, in this loop of like, you can't, like, I get so scared to have one negative thought oh. and then I'm stressed out about having a negative thought. And that's the counterproductive. Law of attraction is like control all that. And then you're like, but I'm impacted by other people's beliefs and I can't control them. I sort of turn things over. Yeah. It's a very lazy approach to yeah. my life. I mean, I get a lot done. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people go, well, how have you written so many books? And how can you do this and you do that? And I'm like, no, I just sort of swim through and I, you know, kind of do what comes next. And I do create plans knowing half of them aren't going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And I have checklists and most of the days I'm putting on tomorrow's checklist, half of what's on today's yeah, checklist. And I sort of have a wonderful, lazy approach to... Hey, I'm partnering with spirit. Let's just kind of see, you know, how we're dancing. What's the dance? Are we waltzing? Are we laying around? I, I, you know, I binge watch television shows when I'm writing. I love doing that. I, I never really liked um, Kindle books. 
yeah. until I figured out you could read while you were walking. I love walking at the same time. Very advanced. I think that's a very advanced spiritual mastery practice. So now I even do, you know, read at night on my Kindle, which you're not supposed to do because there's the blue light that's supposed yeah. to make you sleep and yeah. I seem to sleep just fine. So yeah. I think we've got to kind of be a little gentler on ourselves. Well, I think so too, because every time we're being mad at ourselves, we're pulling ourselves out of the white light neurology. We are and we're keeping light. it from, from popping, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. So do you think like the white, the absolute light, is that the same thing as the quantum realm? Or would you say that the absolute light is what connects us to the quantum realm? I think it's what connects us to the quantum realm. I think the quantum realm has absolute light as its backdrop though, right? It's sort of the, you know, when people like talk about a white noise in the universe, they call it cosmic background radiation. Mm. It's sort of the heaven, the spiritual qualities, the oneness that is everywhere. It's Mm. the glue and it's in us too. And it connects us to quantum realm. A lot of what's in the quantum is also uh, what people you know describe as part of the void or the vacuum or virtual wave particles. They're little possibilities and maybes. Right. So I love the idea of the quantum because it's sort of like saying there's all kinds of possibilities. And if I attune in an easy way to absolute, the, the possibilities that are maybe the highest or the best or the most fun or the easiest or... I don't even like to use the word highest or most conscious, right? Mm-hmm. That are just kind of the most heavenly. And I don't mean that in a boring, staid, stupid way. Yeah. You know, those will align. And what unfolds is really what's supposed to unfold. What's best to unfold. Right. So and I always try and look at a spiritual terms as they relate to biblical terms. I do too. Just to kind of see like, what does this mean? So I'm like, I wonder if absolute light is like the Holy spirit. Absolutely. It's okay. consciousness. And I yeah. think holy, and it's interesting at the Holy spirit in most cultures is a feminine term, just mm-hmm. pointing that out. Yeah. It's, it's the Holy spirit. That's what I think it really is. It's the absolute light. And, you know, creation, if you go right back to Genesis, you've got the void and it says the spirit covered over the void. So you have that absolute love or light of the Holy Spirit over the unmanifested reality. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, I even talk about this in my athlete book. <laughs> I, that's a long story, but you know, but what's going to appear out of the void or the potential, if we give permission, will come from that Holy Spirit, okay. from that absolute light. Here's another really cool uh, verse from the Torah, the Jewish, you know, Old Testament uh, or Bible, really. One of the verses is God, G-D, created the universe and left it unfinished. Mm. Could finish it. Mm. So that's the void. That's the quantum. That's the possibilities. That's the cauldron. That's why we're allowed to just sort of make mistakes and people can even do bad things and evil things. And, you know, but it's sort of like the absolute, you know, the oneness, we have that choice, but it's not going to feed 
right? It's not going to feed what's what we're doing to each other down here so often. It's not going to feed destruction and malignancy and starvation of children. It's not going to feed that, yet it's going to keep opening the choices that are more what the Holy Spirit holds. Right. I always say we're like, we're in the sandbox. It like is it's, sad. it's like a test. Like I would come from like a tech background too. So we would have, before we like launch a piece of software, oh, there we you go. Like a test environment and it right. doesn't affect the live software. It's just the test environment. And I feel like we live in the test environment. That's a great way to talk about it. Yep. And everything's zeros and ones, isn't it? When you're creating exactly <laughs> <laughs> zero sort of being, you know, in most cultures that zero or the egg is sort of like God and one is creation and what are yeah. we making? And we've made an awful lot of stuff down here. Yeah. We sure have. Yes. <laughs> so I want to know the difference between golden Kundalini and a red Kundalini. Okay. This kind of fits with what we're talking about. Okay. And I'm going to geek out just a little because it also <laughs> goes into enlightenment science. So everybody knows, and it's sort of mis- a mistake to only concentrate on what typically is called the shaki, the red, the serpent kundalini, the snake coiled, you know, kind of in the hips that rises through the nervous system and the spine and the chakras and creates great delight and, you know, stirs up all our issues and causes a lot of problems because they're already in there, right? To help us be enlightened. But that is not the real story. If you really look at the Sanskrit terms, if you look at especially these different manuscripts that were written about 700 CE, thousands of years ago. Um, like for instance, there's one, it's something like the perfected, you know, doctrine of the goddesses or there's some, they're not, they're not, some aren't translated and most of them aren't very well known. They actually speak to three different kinds of Kundalini, not one, three types of Shakti. Some of them don't even include the base chakra. There, there's more like a kundalini that comes down, a kundalini comes up, meets mm. in the heart, and that's where kundalini really resides. Mm. Other methods talk about once there is a rising, you know, which is very electrical and chemical in terms of the red kundalini, there's a whole back door that opens up. It's very complicated in the Hindu scripture. Um, but basically heavenly light falls down into the head and guess what activates golden nectar mm-hmm. changes the hormones the nectar comes down through the roof of the mouth goes down through the body heals the body and lifts us into a continual enlightened state in which we can be at you know kind of really start to use our higher abilities or gifts mm. that's enlightenment science and it's in those old practices, but something kind of got stilted when the West started to adapt to or adopt the Kundalini. We're just doing this one-way thing and we don't even understand the whole point is to bring that, you know, nectar down to change the organs in the body and live in the enlightened way. And that there's really also a third Kundalini, which you could call absolute light, hello, coming from the heart. So I love, I love digging into, you know, kind of what isn't being shared. Yeah. 
I'm like, we only know like how we're, they're only telling us half of it. <laughs> I know. And it's like the hard half. I mean, that's- well, so, and then I wonder like, so if the red Kundalini is coming up, yeah. is that our connection to earth? And is that the feminine yes. and is the masculine yes. coming down? And then what happens in the heart is creation. Yes. Absolutely. And that is what these books, these lost books or, you know, the story actually talks about too. It's, it is what that is. So you're going to teach us the reverse Kundalini then? Yes. Okay. Now we got to (laughs) know. Now you got to do it. Do you want me to lead you through this? Yes. (laughs) It's really quick too. It's not, and you're not going to have you know, trauma afterwards. All right. Yes. So I'll do it really swiftly because I don't think things are supposed to be hard either. I agree. So we can keep our eyes open and closed and just breathe into the very center of the heart, the center of the spine, the center of the heart chakra. I kind of sometimes like to call this the God spot because I like to consider we actually have like part of the body of the divine uniquely in here with us. And we just simply request a more full activation of what I would call our radiant creation Kundalini, which is that absolute light. Mm. It's already in here. We're just allowing it. And as we allow that to emanate inside to out from that energy center, guess what? It'll start to happen in the other chakras and Mm -hmm. cells. We can just allow that. That just kind of catches over time. And then that same beautiful radiant energy. We'll just take another couple deep breaths. And then we just allow ourselves to know that it's being passed down through our higher chakras into and through us into what's called the seventh chakra on the top of the head. And here's the golden Kundalini. It's actually allowing that radiance is actually creating changes in the physiology, in the brain, slowly, safely, gently to formulate or continue producing many different nectars, maybe you know, in the pineal gland and a gland called the cadate nucleus and other parts of the head so that that nectar can softly drop through the roof of the mouth into the throat. There's, there's actually a really small organ in the back of the neck that's open when we're really, really little that allows us to have consciousness experiences. So now that's reactivating Again, safely and gently. And then we don't have to do a thing because that nectar just continues its wash down through the spine, down through the body, the chakras, beyond, down into the legs, the feet. And complete or not, it continues now that we've really focused on it. And now with the safety of that beautiful, radiant, absolute Kundalini and the lusciousness, our organs now ready for living an enlightened life, right? From the 
energy that's coming down. Now, put your focus like more under the feet, not the first chakra, not the hips, but under the feet. Because that same radiant light that brought the golden kundalini down, it's almost like now it's stirred in the center of the earth. And it brings up through your feet and into your legs anything you need from earth and cosmos. For body, for love, for safety, for health, for unification. And all that energy screened for you rises into the coccyx. And to whatever level, again, is gradual and secure and safe turns on a little more of the feminine, the shaki, the electrical, beautiful life energy. So as time goes on, that life energy can rise even more through the spine and keep blending with the other kundalinis. And you can revisit this, check on it. See how gentle it is. I literally, like I felt tingling on the top of my head uh-huh. and the bottom of my feet at the same time. Like it was uh-huh. like both here. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had those serpent Kundalini openings that are shocking. Yes. Horrifying. Yeah. And took over I my had, life. I had, a, I had like a projectile vomiting Kundalini awakening. Oh, you get it then. <laughs> yes. Well. I mean, we've gone through it. We've done it, right? But if people especially have not recovered from that Mm -hmm. or they have what they call a a partial rising, like it's stuck somewhere or they Mm -hmm. haven't even done any of that, so much more gentle and pure to do heart out, right? Radiant, absolute, golden kundalini down. It preps the body. It brings the soul in and then bring the energy up through the feet, because you need those elements to keep you balanced. Yes. Yes. We always do like in my rituals, we always, Good. I call it just like running your energy, like from the, yeah, up and down, up and down and bring it back into the heart. Fullness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> ah. We're all healed. Great. <laughs> We're all happy. We're all good. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been amazing. So in your new book, We are going to learn even more how to connect to our bodies, energy healing for the everyday to elite athlete. Where else can we work with you, find you, learn from you? Just go to my website, cindydale.com, spelled weird, C-Y-N-D-I, dale.com. I've got some more programs coming out uh, through the shift network that are really easy, shorter term, easy to get into. I'll have a lot of like one-off programs as 23 goes on a longer program. That's going to start in the end of 23. So everything's just on there. Get on the, you know, just get on the, the list, you know, yeah. and you'll get alerted to stuff. That's the easiest thing to do. Perfect. And we will link you guys to that as well. So Cindy, thank you so much. You. I just love chatting with you. I love this. It's so fun. Thank you. So thank fun. you for what you are opening in the world. It is like true peacefulness. I don't know why, but as soon as I said that I saw like a turtle, like mm-hmm. a tortoise, 
Like you care, you know, those are, that's wisdom. You well, carry also, an like, amazing wisdom. Thank you. thank you. And my journey right now is about slowing down. So that resonates. That's good. Then do a turtle. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, shall be, I will embody the turtle today. You do the tortoise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. We're going to link you to all things Cindy Dale. Make sure to go check out her books, her courses, her social medias, all the things. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 